So this is quite an exciting afternoon. I'm Justin King and I am your guest host this afternoon on the Retirementals podcast. So I've been kind of um, on transfer, I suppose, from the Retirement Cafe podcast to guest host Abraham's podcast so I can actually interview him. So welcome, Abraham. <laughs> yeah, welcome to my podcast. <laughs> yes, uh, you've 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 taken the what do you call it the host seat today. And yeah, yeah no, thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it. Well, let's see how much chaos I can cause. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I feel like I've got I've well I've got an open open, open table here. So how are you anyway? Nice to see you. I, yeah, I'm very well, thank you. I'm very good. Uh, you know, family is well, business is doing really well. And right. uh, yeah, great to, to have you on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, so down to business. What's happening in your world, in the business world? Where, where are you at at the moment? Well, you know, we've been, uh, you know, we've been working hard behind the scene over the last year or so and kind of thinking about, um, you know, the, the sorry state of the advisor technology space and, yeah. and, uh, and, <laughs> and the difference that we, we want to make in this space. Uh, and we finally nailed it. It took, um, sorry, this took a few years, but, you know, we finally nailed it. And, and ultimately, in a nutshell, what we're trying to do is, um, you know, we want to rebuild the um, operating system for advice, so to speak. We want to rebuild the, the advisor technology stack and, and give advisors the, tool that, the tools that they need, um, you know, to, to deliver the best outcomes for clients. Okay, so I mean, you know, as an advisor, I am, I, and for years, I've been massively challenged by bringing all the tech into place. I mean, the rekeying has gone on forever, forever and ever and ever. And I think we, you know, we've made significant progress or, or organizations have made massive progress during this pandemic. I mean, you know, we are finally doing some digital signatures. Hey, you know, wow. you know <laughs> time, yeah. this brand new tech that's just suddenly arrived. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> okay. You know, I've got, um, I, well, I use a, I use a CRM system, which is not built at all for financial services companies and we've built a whole kind of process and business, you know, application and it, it runs on something that is not on, you know, not sold by, by a financial services kind of provider of tech. Um, obviously, I use Timeline, um, but I've got, a, I've got a back office system, kind of one of those ones which are produced by the, by the um, well, I use Intelligent Office, I'll say what I use, but I use it in essence only to help me do my um, Gabriel reporting. But, you know, this, so I'm using a CRM, I'm using Gabriel reporting, I'm using Timeline, I'm using Voyance. Um, what else am I using? I'm obviously doing all the kind of digital signatures with the providers uh, that I use. So yeah, it doesn't feel, and obviously risk assessment, that's someone else as well. Um, why I actually bother, I don't know, but that's another conversation. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm sure it keeps my compliance people happy, but the, the, in essence, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of swamped by tech and I don't, you know, nothing ever really gets me kind of going, wow, this is just seamless. 
So, so absolutely. So we, we so so we started the company that is timeline today, essentially two and a half years ago. So June of 2018 was was when we set, set up the company. You know, we've we've tried the product a little bit before then, and we kind of created timeline to solve a single problem, right? You know, which is decumulation. I'm sorry it took me nearly three years to recognize this, but it finally dawned on me that actually we were adding to the problem, right? In other words, we became just one more thing, one more tool for the advisors to worry about and to wrap their heads around. And, and, and you, you said it yourself, you know, we, we, we then, um, you know, you, we, we're in this, essentially sorry states where advisors need five maybe six different tools um, just to get to the point where they deliver advice to clients and we've done some work at timeline and we plotted every key every important piece that the advisor needs to get just to get do what they do deliver advice to clients and there's like six seven different pieces of technology in the in the middle of it how did we how did we arrive at this and i have spoken to you know several firms where we sat down we did a survey with firms where we sat down i sat down personally with over 50 firms in the last year alone and just walk and talk through their tech stack they have a fact find, right? Whatever that is, they might use one of the tools um, that is out there in the market. They might use their own Excel. The underlining point is that they have something they're using, right? Yeah. They have a fact find. Then there is risk profiling. Um, then they do, um, you know, cash flow modeling. Then they might come to timeline to do the, um, you know, to do the decumulation and maybe use us for some sort of capacity for loss type assessment. You know, then there is the client reporting. I spoke to a national firm that has three different client reporting tools, right? They, they you know, they, they use, you know, money info and, um, you know, what's the other one? You know, they, they use all these things to report to client. That's, that's five already, right? Yeah, five. And then there are these things we call advisor platforms and they don't do 90% of what the advisor needs to run their, their model, for, you know, their, their, sorry, to, 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 to run, to do the advice. Then there is, um, you know, investment research or product research like FE analytics, you know, whatever that they use for the research and the diligence maybe kind of use it as a quasi portfolio management, um, you know, software. And then there is the back office, the CRM system, you know, that's, that's eight already. And this might sound like, you know, I'm just making the problem look worse, worse than it is. I have literally spoken to tens of advisors personally on a one-to-one -one basis. And I said to them, walk me through what your tech stack is and it's messy and it's horrible. And the advisor's paying for, you know, paying five, six different people just to deliver advice. So we, we made a decision um, essentially back end of last year that 
we're not going to um, contribute to, to the problem anymore. We're going to um, ultimately rebuild the advisor technology to, to become the, the one piece of technology that the advisor can't not do without, that the, to become the, the full stack advisor platform that you actually need to deliver advice. And you would have seen the work that we've been doing over the last couple of uh, months, introducing the fact find, the risk profiling, the capacity for loss, um, you know, we're building out the cash flow, um, you know, the, the modeling engine that we've been known to for. And then we're taking that forward um, with some of the work that we've been doing on the model portfolio service with, with Betafolio as well. So, um, yeah. Wow. Busy boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. I mean, you know, I've been promised the earth by tech people <laughs> again and again and again, you know, this is the future. Yeah. Um, and it, it so often hasn't been the future. Um, as I say, you know, my CRM system, I run it on um, a, a something called Infusionsoft. I mean, it's, um, you know, it, it's just non-industry at all. Um, and it works well for me. I, would I would I suggest or recommend it to somebody else? Probably not, because um, I think it lends it to the way we do business. Um, and it has to, a lot of bespoke work. But let's just take one of those tools that you were mentioning there, um, you know, fact find. So you, are you, are you, sorry, not fact find, um, the cash flow software. Um, this is a challenge to the presswoods of the world and the voyance of the world, is it? Absolutely. I am challenging everyone. <laughs> and, 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 you know, competition is good, right? Competition yeah. is good. So, so that, that's kind of my, my starting point. Does it Absolutely. do tax? Sorry? Does it do tax? Absolutely, yes, it does tax, including, include, I mean, we already have the capability to do this in timeline. We already do, you know, the income tax, the capital gains tax, um, um, the, the um, um, you know, lifetime allowance, all of these are already in, in timeline. Of course, we're building out, and, and by the way, before I go on, the way we built this in timeline is with the income tax side of things, you're entering the income, right? You're, you're inputting the income or importing it from third party and it would automatically show you by the side. So we call this this live interaction. It would automatically show you by the side what the tax calculation is based on all the other incomes that the client has. So, so this is live there already, right? Of course, we're building out the um, IHT and some really uh, fascinating um, estate planning work, those are sort of, I, I see them as Q3, maybe Q4 type deliverables. But I think you, 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 you touched on an important point there, which is to say, well, I have been promised the earth um, by, by technology companies. All I'm going to say to that is, Justin, judge me right judge us based on what we've accomplished so far right i used to be your power planner no didn't i yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i had to sack you didn't i so i'm sorry about that. <laughs> and thank you for doing that right and so judge us based on what we've accomplished in the last two and a half years that we started this journey yeah right yeah yeah you know so and you know and think what more we can do, um, you know, over the next 
you know, I don't know, you know, two and a half years or five, ten, or whatever how many years you want to you want to to zoom out. But you know, but but for me personally, you know, I am dedicating essentially the next decade of my career to 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 fixing this shit. <laughs> we, we, no, not that it will take a decade, uh, but but um, you you get my drift. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, I must admit, I've got to get, I've got to, uh, I have played around a little bit with the software, but I haven't really got into the bones of it yet because, you know, all my clients are sat on Voyant and, and uh, in, in, in different places. And I've had, as you know, I've had quite a lot going on in the, in, in the rap platform space recently for myself. Um, so, <laughs> so as a firm, you know, you've got to take each bit as I go along, but let me just, let me take this very personally to, to the issues you know, that I face as a small firm. Um, and, you know, why did I have to go and choose a CRM system, which was um, not a non, non-financial services, which it seems crazy. So people are writing stuff for financial services firms and I make the choice to go elsewhere. Therefore, you kind of go, well, hold on, someone's got something wrong if I'm having to go and reinvent the wheel in essence. But let's let's look at this specific part of a CRM, the customer relationship management system, um, and, you know, for what we do at MFP, we do, I think we do quite a lot of marketing. We, you know, we have a podcast going out. We have YouTube videos going out. We've got, we've got a lot of marketing. We call it, it's a lot of communication. We're trying to keep people well-informed and we, we need a really good system for that. How do you, where, where are you at with that piece of the puzzle, the CRM? So, so it's a very good question. So we're, we're not touching the CRM as yet. Right. Now, there, there's, there's two aspects of this. Um, when I think about CRM, there's two things that come to my mind. One is, um, you know, the, the, the marketing and communication type, um, you know, CRM that you're using. Um, I still do believe that, you know, there are industry, sorry, but I say industry standard, there are sort of, you know, non-financial services um, technology that that do a good job of that. So your your um, infusion soft is a very good example. Um, you know, Salesforce and all that stuff. The very good examples of that. Then you have the industry, what we call the back office system. So your um, you know the likes of IntelliFlow and IRS and all that stuff. We are not touching that bit yet, right? <laughs> yet, right? So our focus today is on what I would call the first five steps of the, the advice process. And that is, um, you know, fact find, risk profiling, um, cash flow modeling, including, um, you know, decumulation, um, MPS, i.e. model portfolio by that. I mean, so, so in that point, I will put your investment research and due diligence and essentially what you need to run your centralized investment proposition in that picture and then the, the client um, communication, client portal, um, I will put in that picture. So those are the five that we're attacking. We are leaving um, CRM and back office system um, alone for, for, for now. Um, and, and we'll let our users, you know, guide us, right, ultimately on this journey. Is this something that they would like to see us? I mean, as you will be the second advisor I'm speaking to um, in as many days who think that we should possibly be looking at this. But the point though, the, the final point, and I promise I'll shut up, is once we get the first five step right, 
and connected to the industry um, providers by that I mean platforms so we can talk about the work that we're doing on integration with third parties we are actually going into the engine behind platform through our relationship with with FNZ to plug into um, you know to, to the data behind platform but once we nail that those five steps you know I think it's really then um, a matter of choice for advisors. Do you want to join that up to an industry standard, I say industry standard CRM, by that I mean, um, you know, the likes of Salesforce or, or the sort of things that you're using, or do you want to use the financial service specific CRM um, to, to do that? So, but, but I think that we can't and we shouldn't um, you know, try to do this, um, you know, CRM piece um, uh, until we've nailed the, 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 those first steps. You know, imagine, I, I think the problem is that financial service um, back office systems, they are built from the back forward. In other words, they started out building with providers and, you know, old, old style uh, advisors, and then they try to evolve and build the front end, and these things are just horrible, horrible, horrible. So, so we, we don't want to make that mistake. So we're starting from the relationship of the advisor with the client, and then building, building backwards. Uh, so see how far we go, right? Great, great. No, it's sounding very exciting, and obviously you, um, you know, this is all on API, I presume. So this is how you're getting access to. Uh, to all the systems, um, surely, surely the next step is a wrap. <laughs> yeah, this is a question we've been asked all the time. Are you going to build a wrap? Are you going to build a wrap? And the answer is, I don't know, right? I don't know the answer. Um, you know, again, for now, we're focusing on, on, on those sort of five um, elements. What I will say to you, and we can start talking about platforms, you know, I think that there are a few platforms, you know, today that are very successful for whom, you know, we have huge respect. Transact is, is the obvious one. Um, and then there are sort of quite um, a lot of mediocre platforms um, that haven't lived to um, expectation for, for advisors and, and clients. Um, you, you also are starting to see some sort of the newer upstarts in the marketplace, um, you know, your likes of Fundment, your likes of Circle. Um, and we're talking to these guys, um, as a matter of fact, we, um, you know, formed a, a partnership with um, Fundment that allows advisors who want to use our tech and their tech to ultimately have a, a joined up and an integrated experience, um, you know, for, for, for their clients. Of course, we have integration, frankly, um, you know, now with, you know, the, the major platforms out there. So, so my, my point is that the way I see this happening is, as of today, we're not building a platform, right? right? What we are doing is forming 
deeper partnership with some of the um, sort of upstarts like Fondmen that I mentioned. We have a relationship with, um, you know, the, the established players as well. Um, so as an advisor, you know, if you want to, um, you know, stay with the existing established players, fine, we're, we're happy to, to facilitate, you know, the, that experience for you. Of course, we'll talk to you about, um, you know, deeper, um, you know, more close neat relationship that we have with the upstarts because they have newer technology and, you know, APIs that, that are easier for us to integrate with. We'll talk to you about them, but, but ultimately, um, you know, we, we just want to make sure that we, we facilitate that advice journey. Um, whether or not we're going to build a platform, I wouldn't say never, but, um, you know, ask me in three years, Don. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, is there a challenge from your perspective um, of linking in to the kind of more traditional, uh, you know, or the older offices, I suppose, like Transact? I mean, you know, they, to a certain extent, I don't know where they are with their tech. I, I Hands in the air, I do use Transact for some of my, some of my business. Um, uh, and, you know, they've been around a long time. Therefore, and I don't know exactly where they are with their tech, but I can imagine that they may be, I, I possibly, I don't know. I have a feeling that they maybe are not as nimble because of their size, et cetera. Now as, as, as someone like Fundman, uh, what are the, do you have, are you challenged with the larger people like AJ Bell and, um, and transact, et cetera, in integrating your tech with them? So, so here's the fascinating thing that's happening in the platform. Transact is, is an outlier in terms of the success of the platform and actually how good their tech is. So for instance, Transact doesn't have the modern API and, and for the, um, you know, for the uh, uninitiated um, API is just really the thing that allows computers to talk to each other, right? You know, so, 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 Transact doesn't have a, a modern, um, you know, API as we know it, but they are, um, you know, good old-fashioned bulk, bulk um, download, um, you know, method is actually pretty good, right? So, you know, in that regard, Transact is, is an outlier, right? And so specifically about Transact, we don't have a problem actually, um, you know, in, in integrating with Transact, and it's actually one of the, um, you know, the, the, the better integration experience that we have. All the other ones, <laughs> I say all the other ones, is a bit unfair. Nucleus has a very good API, which is, which is pretty good, uh, but most of the other ones are pretty sharp, right? They're pretty right. bad, right? But there is, um, you know, uh, if you like, call it light at the end of the tunnel from an integration point of view, because um, FNZ, whom we partner with, um, has, has built the, their next generation, they have a next generation, um, you know, API, which were integrated. So the idea behind that is that we can um, ultimately connect to all of the FNZ platforms through that single um, open API systems that we have with FNZ. Now, there is still tons and tons of work to do. We've built, this is the fascinating thing, right? We've built the integration with FNZ, you know, but 
the, the platforms themselves still need work to do to turn on um, you know, these, these features and functionality. And I'm hoping that it would happen, but if I'm being brutally honest, I will say to you as an advisor, don't expect, um, don't expect this organization to move fast. As a matter of fact, don't expect um, you know, meaningful innovation to come from um, you know, the established players, right? You know, because they're big and as organizations are, when organizations get big, they are fat, um, often lazy, right? So, you know, it's like thinking that, the, the beautiful thing with working with the likes of Fundment and the newer of that is that I can pick up the phone to Ola and, and there's been instances that I say, Ola, are you out of your freaking mind? You need to change this. And I make a case to him and I say, you know, this is why and why you need to change it. Am I going to do that with John Jonathan Grumby, who runs Transact, or with, um, <laughs> you know, it's with AJ Bell? Of course not. I mean, <laughs> right. We, we have conversations with these people, but, um, you know, the, the, the level of influence that we have um, you know, it's, it's limited in that regard. So, so I don't expect that there will be ma massive um, innovation coming out from the incumbents is what I'm saying. Yeah. So one interesting thing, and I, I wonder about this, that the, you know, with, with more, with better tech, we should, as advisors firms, should be able to run more efficient businesses. Yeah. And more efficient businesses could mean that we could serve more people. Yeah. And maybe we could serve more people at a slightly less cost, mm. which would then which would then maybe somehow f fill um, some of the advice gap, you know, the, what the, the, the presumed advice gap. And I, you know, to, there is, there, you know, I, to, this is kind of a social thing, but I had a call yesterday from a client who or from a prospective client. She wasn't a client. She'd gone through pensions wise um, and uh, had got to that point where she needed some advice, you know, nine different pension pots, earning a part-time nurse earning 12 and a half thousand pounds a year was in the NHS scheme, had been in for 12 years, still was in it, but she was, she'd had a stroke four years ago, parts are now working part-time, um, nine different pension pots, a 45,000 pound mortgage. She was 55 so she could access it. Um, you know, continued to working. The only dependent she had was a cat. Um, but she was just going, you know, how do I, how do, how do I do this? How do I, how do I, do I consolidate nine pots? Do I, how do I access some of the cash to pay for some refurbishment of my house and maybe pay off some of my mortgage, etc. You know, and with all honesty, she's spoken to a couple of advisors already and I tried to guide her free of charge as much as I could without stepping over the line to actually advising her what to do because she couldn't afford a fee. Um, not a fee that I need to justify for all the reasons we know that our fees are what they are because of all the costs of running a financial services business. Um, and I'm continually looking at that social need that I would love to be able to step into and step into somehow through, through advising more efficiently, more streamlined, more tech enabled somehow to, 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 you know, you know, is the, is what your kind of your vision of the future will it allow us to serve more people more efficiently and then more cost effectively and maybe bring down the cost of advice yes <laughs> but 
but there's a but, right? Mm. And so, so the answer is yes, in, in the medium term. I mean, I've often, I, I fundamentally believe that people need human advice in making big financial decisions. Over the last decade or so, we've kind of seen this sort of wall of money flowing into, you know, robo-advice and all these things that are trying, um, unsuccessfully I might add, to disrupt the financial advisor. And so, the, 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 but then they've all come full circle, right? And now you hear Nutmeg is trying to hide a financial advisor and, you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. Even in the US, all the robo-advisors are trying to hide humans to the equation. And it's like, for us, it's a massive validation of our approach, which is to say, we want to enable the advisor, not disrupt them, you know, in, in, in that sense, not remove the advisor from the equation. And so the question I get asked all the time is, Abraham, are you going to make timeline direct consumer? Are you going to, you know, put this out there for, 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 for the, you know, for, for consumers to play with themselves? And, you know, we, we kind of said, no, right? We don't want to remove the financial advisor from the equation. Um, ultimately, where we get to is to say, well, actually, can we see a future where, you know, this lady that you just referred to, where timeline will be out there for any consumer to sign up to a, a you know, call it a simplified version. We have this thing called the back of the envelope um, plan in timeline. So this is what happens you the client or the user uh call it the consumer in this case um effectively fill in their own fact find they put their asset their state pension all this information that they, you will still need right you know and, and they, they put that on timeline and maybe they play with the back of the envelope calculation remember those sliders that um you know um i forget the name of this uh um you know, payday loan provider used to essentially to took over the world. But you know, we've done the same for for investing and saving. What if I save more? What if I save less? What if I withdraw more? What if I withdraw less? What if I die sooner? Oh, you know, that sort of thing. So so they can play with that. Maybe play with I don't know even simple portfolio. Uh, and the, the great thing with that is that at that point, we can then suggest to them that look, why don't you speak to um, an advisor? And here is maybe three advisors on timeline um, who are sort of within, I don't know, 10, 20 mile radius of, of your postcode, right? The beauty of that is that first of all, and maybe we can partner, some of the conversation we're having internally is that maybe we can partner with um, some of the more credible, um, you know, consumer, websites you know out there where people go to look for financial advice right but, but but the the important thing is that when that client gets to you and when they want to speak to you a the information the data i.e your fact find is already um on timeline the consumer can decide to share this with you and how much they want to share with you and you can look at that very quickly and say, 
is this a consumer that I want to speak to, um, you know, engage with more seriously? And if that's the case, guess what? Two thirds of your fact finds already done. And, and you can take that back of the envelope plan that they've built in timeline and convert it into a full all singing and all dancing plan. So, so to answer your question, yes, we see that future where we can enable this relationship in a cost-effective way. But I have to say that a lot of the cost in the advice process um, is actually regulatory, right? So less, uh, you know, the, the, the technology can only do so much. There is still a big, big issue around how you remove the regulatory risk and the regulatory cost, um, you know, for, for the equation. I think part of that is by reducing the cost of the product and the time it takes to manage the product, i.e. the portfolio on an ongoing basis to the barest minimum. I would want to get to a point where the platform, um, you know, the portfolio um, and the, the discretionary element of rebalancing the portfolio, if we can get that to all in, you know, 30 basis point, right? We get all of that in and we have examples of this already happening, all of that to 30 basis points, then maybe we don't need to get hung up on the fact that the advisor is charging 1%. Maybe actually for a client who walks in with, um, you know, 50,000 pounds portfolio and the advisor chooses to engage, the fee is more like, you know, 750 pounds a year or even a thousand a year, right? But actually the overall package is still incredibly compelling, um, you know, compared to what they will get with SJP or any of the options out there, you know. Yeah. That's the, the, the place that I think that um, we, we would like to, to get to in our work. Yeah, no, no, that's... Um... That sounds a it sounds like a good proposition and something definitely to work to work towards. And I think um, I, I yeah you know my thoughts. My the, the value the value that an advisor brings to the table. You know when I was thinking about what you were saying, it's it's all well and good getting all that data, but it's all data. Yeah. You know, what we really need to know is what's what is important to the client and what are they really trying to achieve. And that's where you take the data and you turn it into a plan. And um, just because they can put in a, you know, they can fill in a few forms and the data goes in there, it doesn't bring the right. Well, I mean, maybe it will. Maybe with the machine learning and you know, you'll have some kind of clever stuff going on with the artificial intelligence that it'll start working out what is the greatest strategy um, for a client on a tax-effective basis. But it still, it still will never work out really what is important to somebody. Absolutely, this is the thing. Um, Justin, I kind of feel that right now where we are is that the data gathering, the, if you like, the optimization of the plan, right, you know, which one should I draw money out, the ISA or the GIA or both at what point, and fiddling with things things like, you know, rebalancing of portfolio or God forbid, paying 30 basis points to a third party to do this. These things are getting in the way of real conversation, right, with the client. And we need technology to 
remove that obstacle, do all the heavy lifting so that, Justin, you can spend more time and, um, you know, more of your resources around this, this lady that, you know, I couldn't get my mind that, that you just talked about, you know, of, you know, what, what is, what does, you know, happiness and, and fulfillment and satisfaction mean for her. How, how you know, she's just had, uh, you know, she, you mentioned that she, she had, uh, you know, she, she had uh, a health challenge, right? What does she want to do with the rest of her life, right? Yeah. You know, does she still want to, she might still want to carry on with her NHS job. Maybe she doesn't, maybe she wants to travel the world, maybe she doesn't, but the, the, the tech, isn't going to do any of that stuff, but the more time you have to spend as a planner on rebalancing portfolio, getting clients authorization to rebalance, you know, portfolio, getting, um, you know, uh, ISAs, or G the more time you have to spend on that, the less you have to spend on the meaningful big picture stuff that really truly make it makes a difference in the lives of a client. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Aram. And uh, yeah, if you can help harness that and get us to the bit that actually I think most planners love, you know, the, the bit where we help change lives because we can help people make smart, sensible decisions around their money, uh, allowing them to achieve what they, what, what's important to them, you know. Um, so yeah, all, you know, ha hands up to that tech, please. Um, <laughs> so last question, eh? um, um What's happening with beta portfolios? Beta folios, sorry. Yeah, so so this is, is an incredible journey that we've gone with beta folio. So we started beta folio, um, you know, essentially as, as a model portfolio service for, for firms. Um, we originally thought of it as a separate entity to timeline, right? And, you know, so we, we, we went to the FCA about, about uh, you know, about 18 months ago, got the regulatory application, uh, regulatory permission to do this, right? Um, and we went live with it on, in, in March of 2020 at the Science of Retirement Conference. You were there. And we were kind of, you know, open-minded. What we wanted to do was to say, well, you know, I know that discretionary managed portfolios have a tinted reputation with uh, many advisors, yourself included, right? You know, and because these people are, you know, <laughs> buying and selling the earth and, and, you know, chopping and changing portfolio, like, you know, like uh, you're having a shower or something, you know, and this, this, and they're charging an arm and a leg for it. I don't know how they've managed to get away with charging 30 basis points, right? A third of what it costs to do advice for essentially rebalancing portfolio. So we said, what if we re re rethink this? What if, first of all, we create the technology to do the heavy lifting, right? What if the portfolio is evidence-based, data-driven, we don't actually uh, rebalance portfolio on a quarterly basis or an annual basis, we rebalance based on, on, on tolerance, which means, by the way, Justin, that we rebalance less frequently and we get more in terms of performance. And more importantly, what if everything is branded to the advisor so that you can call the portfolio whatever name you want, you can um, you know, have significant influence on the process, you can choose whether you as the firm pays 
for the service, a flat fee proposition, or whether um, you know the client pays for it, right? Uh, you know, at, at a fraction of the cost, i.e., nine basis point, right? Two hundred and fifty pounds a year, cost of producing a client report for the rebalancing, right? This is my thinking, um, or or you or you client pays nine basis point, and all in cost for our lowest. Uh, you know, our low cost portfolio is something like 30 basis points all in. And we keep looking at how we can bring that down further and further and further. So, so the point I'm trying to make is that we said, what if we rethink how MPS solutions been run so far? What if we put the advisor in the driving seat so that they're using technology and they're in, they're in control of the process and what will advisors say? Well, I was incredibly amazed because in the last 13 months, we went from, frankly, zero of client assets under, um, you know, under uh, management, as they, they call it, to 250, right? So it took us, it took us um, 10 months to get to first 100 million and then three months to get to the next 100 million. By the time I was driving the PR, I was drafting the PR to talk about 200 million, we'd already got to 250. And between the firms, so we, we now work with something like 30 odd firms who've committed to come on board, um, you know, they, they, they look after 1.5 billion of assets to their client, most of which they're migrating into the portfolio over the next year. So we've been amazed is the word by the traction this has taken. And so we said, actually, hang on, why are we keeping this as a separate entity for, 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 for planners? Because, um, you know, nearly 90% of advisors who use Betafolio end up using Timeline. And we're seeing more and more of those Timeline advisors coming to us to ask about Betafolio. So we said, well, what if we integrate this journey more tightly for advisors who want to use it, right? So when we're, we're, you know we're not going to enforce our ideas or philosophy on 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 um, you know advisors, maybe we will. <laughs> but but the idea is that if we think of this as just technology to fa facilitate the advice process, rather than the ego of a discretionary fund manager who wants to um, essentially, um, you know, beat the market. And by the way, a lot, none of them do. We benchmark our portfolios against, you know, all the range of multi-asset fund solutions out there. Um, rarely do we find one. It's very rare that we find one that will consider, consistently outperform, you know, a simple uh, globally diversified portfolio, um, you know, over a three, five, um, or seven year period that, that we benchmark. So, so the idea is that we're bringing both proposition together in a more joined, joined up way so that as an advisor, you know, you come in for the MPS, um, but you get all the tech, you know, in terms of the risk profiling, the fact find, the, 
the plan and all that stuff um, or vice versa you know you come in for the planning technology and if you want to take a step further you have a, a well integrated uh, model portfolio service um, at the end of it the beautiful thing is that the data you're using the same data that to construct client plan a hundred years of capital market data um, to construct client plan to also uh, essentially um, run their, their portfolio. What could be better than that, right? Well, I mean, you, you really are setting out to fix a lot of the problems that I know that myself as a firm kind of knows very, very much are there. Um, and, you know, I suppose as all firms have done, we've kind of pieced stuff together to try and make whatever we feel is the best proposition. And that's a, it's a big enough job in itself, let alone, um, you know, to try and work out, you know, do you use, I don't know, do you use Google products for your, for your back office software? Do you use Microsoft 365? Do you use Intelligent Office or do you use Iris? Do you use Finometrica um, or, 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 or FE for your risk assessment or, or, or a dynamic planner? You know, it just goes on and on and on. And so the, I, I love what you're having a go at doing. And the cost of doing this, I mean, you're, you're in, you know, in, in, in an incredible position, Justin, because... You know, I know you run a business, but you have a powerhouse, i.e. Kathy, at the back of the, um, you know, show, essentially making everything work. But yeah, well, and, and it's bigger than that now, you know, so there's, there's three people supporting me, you know, so, um, it, yeah, it, it's, 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 but again, yeah. a significant cost, isn't it? Right, right. Uh, but, but still, in spite of that, you used to, I mean, I work out the cost of, the advice tech, as I cost it, as I call it, I've spoken to several advisors about it. Uh, you know, it's in the range, in the ballpark, somewhere between five thousand pounds a year to as much as fifteen thousand pounds a year per advisor, right? Just to you know buy all these different piece of technology, um, you know, for that they need to do to deliver advice for clients. And then over and above that, they still have to pay for platform, you know, spend ungodly amount of time on the, on the portfolio management or, you know, pay 30 basis points to outsource it to a third party. All I'm saying is that for less than a grand a year, I'll give you all the advice technology, but actually, you know, for less than a, a third of the going rate, I'll give you the MPS solution and the technology, right? Um, it, it, I think, I, I, every time I look at the marketplace, I really like our odds, right? Every time I see all these DFMs or whatever they're called, um, or indeed, you know, Voyant or whoever are charging, you know, um, best part of two and a half grand a year for, for, for cash flow technology. I like our odds in the marketplace and, you know, bring, bring it on. Um, yeah. Yeah. What I say. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Well. Well. Abram. I think um, as as I'm going to take you know as guest presenter, I'm going to bring us to a close. I think what you're doing is fantastic. I think that we we're always looking for someone to come and disrupt the market. And if you can do things slicker, cleaner, faster, um, which makes our our jobs easier and therefore allows us to serve more people and give better advice to more people, I think that's you know you're an enabler. So well done at what you're doing, and I really really um, can't wait to see what you come out with in the next three years. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you, Justin. It's definitely not going to take three years. Uh, a lot of those things are already, uh, are already today. So, but, you know, all we're asking for is, you know, for, for, for thinking advisors to, to come along for a ride. You know, I like singing this song. We're going on a bear hunt. <laughs> we're going to catch a big one <laughs> for this for day. Yeah. Absolutely. So Abraham, where do where do people find out more about this new service and what you're doing and um and how do they find yeah, how do they find out more? Yeah, so you know, come over to timelineapp.co um and yeah, we are going live with the new version of the website. It should already be live by the time you see the this podcast and there's a there's a town hall meeting that we're going to be announcing very very shortly. It might have happened by the time you've you've listened you listen to this podcast fantastic well um once again lovely to speak to you uh, abraham and uh, i look forward to hopefully uh, uh shaking your hand soon thanks justin thank you I'll be remiss if I don't thank my incredible team who worked very hard to put this program together, led by my producer, Hannah Dickinson. Thank you, thank you very much, guys. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Timeline App, the retirement planning software, and Bitfolio, the high-tech, low-cost, flat-fee model portfolio manager. And to you, our listeners, thank you for your time. I hope you've had as much fun listening to the program as we have making it. You can find more about the show at retirementals.co.uk and you can follow me on Twitter. My handle is Abraham on Money. Until next time, thank you and goodbye.